If you don't know. So I was online yeah. and I saw this campaign called Bonded by Blood, A Mother Story. Mm. And it was actually set up in memory of Richard O'Corrigan. Oh, okay. Who, if you remember, was like the first yeah, ever podcast man. we did. Yeah. Looked at his story. Richard went missing earlier this year and was later found dead and actually had sickle cell himself. And now his mother is actually campaigning to get more black people to donate blood. Hi, so my name is Janika Lear. I live with sickle cell anemia. I'm actually here supporting the uh, Bonded by Blood campaign, which has been set up by a number of different organisations um, in memory of Richard. What is the purpose of the group? The campaign basically just aims to encourage the black community to book a blood donation appointment in memory of Richard at one of the 10 sessions taking place. And it's just about encouraging more black people to donate blood. I was saying that as we were coming in, like I've never been to a blood donation centre before. Uh, so just being here and looking around, um, obviously there aren't a bag of black people here, but <laughs> but at the same time, like there are like these, I want to say like hospitally chairs. Hospitally, hospitally chairs. Um, and there are obviously people like sat on the chairs and like everyone looks chill. Um, but you've got the medical professionals obviously like attaching tubes into them to get the blood out of them, and. Even though it is tubes and blood and all of that, and it sounds scary, it's not. Like, it's actually, like, it's chill here. With sickle cell, what actually happens to the blood? Our red blood cells, or some of our red blood cells, actually change shape. So instead of them being healthy, round, squishy red blood cells that can flow through the blood vessels easily, ours are shaped like a banana, say, or like shaped like a letter C. And they're more hard, they're more sticky. And what happens is when a lot of these blood cells change shape, they can get clumped together, stuck and block, obviously, the arteries and veins, which then restricts the oxygen going to that part of the body. And if you imagine our bodies, you know, all of our organs need oxygen in order to survive. So when you restrict the oxygen to go somewhere you then end up with a lot of complications so sickle cell yes a sickle cell crisis is painful which is when these blockages happen but the result of those painful crises can be organ damage um you know lots of complications acute chest syndrome liver damage i read that black people are 10 times more likely to have the same rare blood subtype first of all what is a rare blood subtype there are main blood groups which most people may know within those blood groups there are different kind of subtypes so if you think about it like you're black i'm black if you give me your blood it's going to be more of a closer match to what i need than me receiving blood from a white person and patients that need repeated blood transfusions they're at high risk of basically getting complications from blood types that are not a close match to your own When we were preparing for this episode, I read that 2% of blood donors are actually black. Well, I say are actually black. I mean, like, just 2% of blood donors are black. Does this number shock you at all? Not really. I feel like with our communities, there has to be a certain way that we speak to each other. There's a certain way that we communicate. It's important to see yourself represented in what you want to receive. So maybe there needs to be a change in the way that we're getting more black people to donate blood and something like that might be getting more black people to encourage other black people to donate blood and we're here now in a blood donor center and i can't see one black person that has come to donate blood in your opinion or from your experience why is it that not enough black people are coming forward to donate blood it's a good question and i think 
we did do get some feedback from the people that came to donate blood and a couple of the things that they did say was that they weren't really comfortable in the clinical environment and one of the main things that they also said is that they didn't feel like they were represented these kind of things we know that representation matters and also if you think about who is giving that message of we need more black blood donors it's I feel like it would be more easier to be received from myself, who's someone that lives with sickle cell and is black, to say, do you know what, your blood can help me. Why do you think there are stigmas attached to, like, donating blood? I think it's a lot of learning on both parts. People need to understand what the need of black blood donors is. I've always found that if you can sit down with someone and actually just have a conversation with them and ask them what, you know, what are your fears, what do you think it is, I think that we can get rid of some of those stigmas. We need to be emotive, we need to let the people them know, like, you know what, this could be your brother, your sister, your cousin, your friend, it could be someone that you know. You've probably met someone that lives with sickle cell and the impact of people donating blood is actually helping more young people. So the most common age group for people living with sickle cell that actually require blood transfusions are all under the age of 25. Really? So obviously at the start of this conversation, you spoke about the fact that you're part of this campaign. What is like the end goal? What do you guys actually hope to achieve from it? It's about, you know, being able to treat more people with sickle cell and, you know, blood actually helps them to lead a better quality of life. You know, that's a positive side of things. If we can get more people to donate, then that's what we can look forward to. So for me, just being in that blood donation centre, it's sort of honed in how much I do actually want to donate blood. Um, I actually signed up to donate some blood, uh, but because of COVID and vaccines and whatnot, I haven't been in a position to be able to do that, but soon come for me, <laughs> I should be able to soon. Uh, but it's, I guess it's drilled into me that, yo, this, this could be quite important to some people. But if you don't want to donate blood, that's also calm. <laughs> it's not our job to tell you to donate blood or to not donate blood. It's up to you. Yeah, I think Heron Chai's story really brought home how important this is and how much it affects young people in particular. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. As always, you can head over to BBC Sounds to like and subscribe and share and all of them things there to this podcast and whatever you want to do. It's your life, isn't it? Uh, but yeah, thank you so much and we'll catch you next time. Bye. If you don't know. If you don't know. Now you know. Hey, guys.